Oh, it's good today. What's that? I said it's good. It's good today, nice and deep. Oh, the the pug snore. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what if I bump this down a little bit to about ninety? That worked. Ooh, that's subtle, but okay. Okay, yeah, not 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 eighty, ninety. I like ninety. <laughs> yeah, I like the actually kind of like that slight overlap because it pops the word the, the title in front there. Yeah, it pops the words in front. I like that, man. That looks pretty sick. Ooh. Now, okay, I mean, yeah, I, I guess we're 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 just a free pod, but like, if we were making any sort of money, can we get away with that, or is that like a kind of proprietary? To, I mean, I don't know. It's a still image, huh? It's still an image, and it's not one stolen. It's one that I took, so... Oh, see, that is a nice... Oh, that's a nice touch. Still a big-time fan of that one. Oh, that looks so good. I love that thing so like... much. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a sticker right there. Yes. Oh, God. Like, I would, I, would, I would slap that on my car right now. Oh, I had it backwards. Okay. Thank you, Toby. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, that's great all right test and we've got both channels and we have lots of volume so that's gonna work way better Hello, Rip City, to all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs. Thank you for tuning in. Here with you from Hood River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me, as always, the master of segues and of Photoshop, apparently, and of being productive after a power nap. Uh, some, some alliteration here, always feels good to throw in there. Chris J. Burkhardt, how are you, my friend? Well, what's this? I, I do one nice thing for you. I work on graphics, and you call me Chris J. Burkhart. It's like, you know what? Maybe he's not a bully. Maybe he's a nice guy. <laughs> maybe maybe I, I won't call him Bully Burkhart. You know, it's, well, it's I, kind I of a good like dude. I'm giving myself a quota on the bully thing, and we I used it last <laughs> night on Spaces. I called you a bully on there, and I'm like, oh, I did it in front of other people even, so I feel like that gets bonus points, so I'm, I'm good for now. I, you know, i got to give you some space. Mr. Mr. Christopher J. Burkhart, the master of segues, and the co-host with the most, man. Thank you so much for doing this extra work. I am stoked on the little uh, graphic project you've been doing over there. Please, yeah, let's... I, mean, I can't say hurry up. I to please take your time to do a great job, but let's do it. It looks awesome. I want to show people. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Uh, well, yeah, man. Uh, let's uh, let's start off the show as we always do, as of one episode ago, with our love, hugs, and hate mail. Uh, first things first, love. Where are you sending your love this week, Chris? Gotta send it to Dame. Anytime you win Player of the Week, you get all my love. Yes, you get sir. All Rip City's love. Dame's, Dame definitely deserves it. I would also send some love over, over to our buddy Seth Morgan uh, at Sheriff of PDX. He's been running the post games, uh, doing a great job with all that. And he also did me a personal favor at last night's game. They had the poster of Bruce Eli's shot of the players from underneath the clear floor. I, I've had it on my phone for all. It's like one of my favorite photos of the season so far. And they printed that for a poster at a game that I wanted to go to last night and didn't. We'll get into that more later. But Seth, uh, shout out to him. He was nice enough to grab me one. So love to Seth. How about your hugs? Where does Peyton's magic hug go this week? I, hey, I, I don't know. I, I, her, her magic hug might have to go to all of those offended by Greg Brown dunking the ball with a minute left in the game. <laughs> like Everyone's up in arms about this nonsense, and it's just so dumb. So you know what? All you people who are so upset that a guy dunked to get dunked the ball with plenty of time left in the game. It's not like the it's not like it's not like the Blazers got the ball with 15 seconds left when he could have just held the ball and no, like there was still game to be played. Put on a show, a guy who never plays. Who cares? So yeah, I'm giving my hug to all the people who were upset about that. They they, oh, they oh. need they need some hugs. The people, <laughs> the people they that are need a magical like that. <laughs> That's fair. Boy, That's fair. Like our boy uh, Chad, Chad doing right now. He's going hey. at me on Twitter. That's because like I tweeted the unwritten rules are dumb, and his response is, "So you're cool with Chris Paul scoring on a layup after the Blazers conceded defeat?" And you know what? 
I don't care. I don't care. Is, was it like, is it dumb that he did it? Yeah, it's dumb that he did it. Like, the, at that point, the game was over. Like, you're in the, it's the final yeah. freaking possession, and you just go and do it just to, to do, like, Greg Brown doing it in there's one of difference. his spot minutes. There's a difference. There's a huge there's difference. A, difference. a guy playing spot minutes at the end of the game where he barely gets to play outside of garbage time, him going up for a dunk and trying to get some flash is a little different than a veteran in the league playing in there when the game is already decided. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not sure. So that was your hugs. That's not your hate mail. There was there was some there was some fire, some smoke in there. I wasn't sure which. Way I know, but that's a magical hug. I don't want to hate. I don't want to hate on. I just want. No, you're I just want right. The people who are mad about that just to get a nice magical hug. Be happy. They deserve it. They deserve a magical hug. I also want to send uh, a magic healing hug over to Isaiah Stewart after his fight with LeBron. Uh, yeah, you can call this a fight if you call anything in recent NBA uh, a fight more than a kerfuffle or a, a fracas. Uh, Isaiah Stewart got cut bad from LeBron's what elbow or, or wrist, whatever the, that strike yeah, like was. A hand, yeah. Uh, and and he tore through. I think the final count someone said was something about seven or eight uh, staff. Uh, multiple times, three times, I think, trying to get across the floor towards LeBron, towards AD, towards Dwight Howard, towards Russ Westbrook, who got a tech for putting up his dukes in a very uh, comical little way. But yeah, uh, my my uh, my hug's going to Isaiah Stewart. He he doesn't deserve the hate. He obviously got lost his cool a little bit, but uh, you know he, he needs some love. Yeah, and, and then one more magical hug, uh, because all joking aside, the real magical hug needs to go to Denver Nuggets. PJ Dozier, who looks like mm, obliterated yeah. his knee against the Blazers, torn ACL, likely Ooh. done for a very long time. It'll probably be about this time next year that he's back on the court. Never like to see that, and very unfortunate injury. Yeah, and man. Injuries continue to be the worst part of sports because injuries suck and they rob us of great talented athletes that we get to enjoy watching. So that's where the real, all joking aside, magical hug goes to PJ Dozier for a speedy recovery. Yeah, get well soon. That was that was brutal. That was hard to watch because you could see. Uh, yeah, it did not look good. Uh, let's move on though. Final bit of this opening segment: your hate mail. Uh, where are you sending your hate mail this week? My hate mail is going. Our my hate mail is just going to unwritten rules at thisisbs.com. <laughs> I'm not a fan of unwritten rules. Like, like we just said with like Chris Paul, right? Like, not everything. Not every last minute bucket is is created equal but this whole idea of unwritten rules is stupid unwritten rules are basically you did something that could have hurt the other team's feelings how <laughs> dare you it's like what like you know jose batista hits that bomb when he's playing for the the blue jays and has the bat flip heard around the world and the, oh this is an unwritten rule he shouldn't stop and stare at his home run and flip his bat like that no bull if a guy's sitting 60 feet away from me throwing 100 mile an hour heat and i hit him 500 or 450 feet to deep left field i'm gonna stop and stare baby like my my job yeah. is to beat you and i did <laughs> screw this unwritten rule bs you know, you go back to Baylor, Oklahoma, I believe it was, and, you know, Baylor kicking the, the, the field goal late in the game when time expired, even though they had won the game and you know, point differential matters. And so they're trying to do, dude, I get it. Like, you don't want it, sportsmanship and blah, blah, blah. But the, come on. Like, Chris Paul, <laughs> Chris Paul scoring a bucket just to score a bucket and prove a point against the Blazers is completely different than Greg Brown, who plays – a one minute every three games right getting excited and going for a dunk like that like getting up in arms about that's just not worth it so my hate mail is going to unwritten rules at this is bs.com at this is bs.com the the email for the unwritten rules i think all yep. the hate mail is probably getting a lot of send over there this week i am sending my hate mail uh, to the opposite of this kind of obscure theoretical we're talking about with un unwritten rules, I'm sending my hate mail to real life. No, I guess that's actually pretty obscure and, and theoretical as well as a, as, a, as a concept. But real life uh, had a number of uh, real life distractions and things that just kind of uh, changed the schedule last minute. And as, as much as it was inconvenient and sucked in other ways, to tie this into Blazers, I had tickets for two of our recent three home wins this week and both those games i was thinking about going to until the last minute and i was like no you know what don't cram your schedule just take some time like just take it easy a little bit uh sell those tickets let someone else go enjoy the game and watch from home uh 
Both would have been really awesome to go to. So real life, getting my hate mail for keeping me from seeing some awesome Blaze games. But hey, plenty left in the season. I'll be going to play more. Uh, not worried about it. Let's talk about those games though, Chris. All right, so after the win over the Raptors last week, we faced Chicago, 112 to 107 win. We were down 20. Uh, this kind of start, not didn't start the same win streak since that began the game before, but this really, I think, kind of was maybe an eye-opener for a lot of Blazers fans that were on the fence. Uh, turned things around as far as how this team is looking, uh, what maybe the expectations are early in the season. What would you say, even having seen the next two wins uh, on this homestand, was this still maybe the biggest kind of statement win for you so far this season, or did Philly or Denver kind of uh, beat that out? No, the biggest statement win was Chicago. Like yeah. you're saying, Philly, Philly, uh, Philly is is a tough one. Yeah, they don't have Embiid, but I think Philly is still like they're not a bad, they're not a bad team. Like without Embiid and and Ben Simmons, I mean they still got Curry. You can go get buckets. They still have Tobias Harris, Tyrell Maxey's playing well. Like they got good players. Denver, on the other hand, losing to Denver, I think would have been just absolutely appalling if you're Portland because Denver yeah. <laughs> is completely different than Philly in the fact that when they lose their best player their entire dna changes because i think dem i don't think philly changes as much schematically without Embiid as denver right. does without Jokic because Jokic is he's their point center Embiid is the, is the 76ers center right he's their, and he's their, Jokic their is, biggest weapon but yeah he doesn't like run the whole show like Jokic yeah does. Jokic runs everything he's that triple double machine he's getting assists he's, he's creating the offense both with the ball in his hands and with the ball out of his hands and he's you know their their main score and it just changes everything with him out uh and then you go so i expected the win i'm glad they won very handily there um but then you look at chicago chicago's playing incredible chicago is one of the best teams in the nba this year uh their defense is better than everybody thought like they thought it was going to be yeah. like middle of the, like they're like oh this team's gonna be good offensively they're, they'll probably be you know average defensively they're playing absolutely phenomenal on that end a lot of that goes to the fact like i don't know why people actually thought that they were going to be average on defense because they got i mean lonzo ball is a very good defender for a point guard uh demar DeRozan has always been a good defender and uh yeah alex caruso wow <laughs> like that guy is just <laughs> he's 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 great he's so he's he alex caruso actually reminds me a little bit of west matthews in the fact that west matthews for me made defense fun to watch like there's not a lot of players oh, like that, that i've i've watched and covered that like watching them play defense i just get excited because watching them play defense is fun watching and them alex respond and, yeah one. totally like he is very so like the bulls are good and the fact that they got out to that big lead that's yeah. Portland. You could have used, especially with the ups and downs of the early season, you could have easily folded, Keith. You oh, yeah. easily yeah. just said, oh, okay, on to the next. But no, the, to get that comeback, get that win. And then the last few games, like everything's just churning. Nurk's looking good. Dame is, you put all the whole, you know, oh, is Dame washed? Talk to rest. Like he's, he's rounding back to form. So yeah, things are looking good. And I think it all stems from from the second half of that Chicago bowl game where yeah. that flip was, you know, the proverbial flip was switched. So yeah, huge yeah. game was that game against the bulls. Whatever bill up said to him at the halftime, man, like that made the difference. And I, I'm not quite sure. I'm with you. The, the game yesterday against uh, the game yesterday against Denver was, we, we definitely needed to like, should have won that, but Philly already gave us trouble once. I'm not sure if we get this win streak going here without that turnaround against Chicago. Uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty, pretty big one for us. After the Chicago game, we had two days off before the win over Philly, 118 to 111. Chris, outside of the, the very first game against Sacramento, we had two days off before, I think, playing Phoenix the next day. After that, this is only the third, second and third time from Chicago to Philly and then Philly to Denver, only the second and third time that we've had other uh, two days off instead of one day on, one day off. There has not been a lot of rest for these Blazers as I'm kind of jumbling through these words. But it felt... The Philly game feels like it was so long ago because it was the one game we played in like a five-day stretch instead of kind of alternating on, off, on, off, on, off the whole time. Uh, but the win streak continues. They had no Embiid. We'll take it anyway. On to the game against Denver. 119-100 win. CJ, buzzer beaters at the half, at the third quarter. Dame opens up the game, and then he's just raining threes at one point. I think he had nine or 12 points in a row for us when we really kind of stretched out that lead. Um, we are having a lot of 
defensive to offensive play where you could see them shutting down, forcing turnovers, and then just breaking out. Nurk at one point, uh, I don't know if he forced a turnover necessarily, but he grabs the ball as it's falling out and just one hand chucks it across the court. Uh, it's they're working together a lot better now. I think there's, uh, I think maybe we're maybe starting to see uh, the systems click as far as maybe what Billups is putting in there about start with the defense and have that kind of turn into offense instead of just trying to outscore your opponent, if that makes sense. Put it simple. It's it's starting to click. It's starting yeah. to click. They're starting to play well. I think it's interesting, uh, as I pull up the tweet here real quick, uh, it, it's easy to look at things and be like, oh, man, this isn't working well. You want him to play better. And one of those things is Yusuf Nurkic, right? You look at him and you're like, okay, Nurk, well, there was no Jokic. You should be able to, to feast like the beast should, right? And you come in, you look at the box score, and you're like, six and seven? Like, 6.7 <laughs> rebounds? Like, that's yeah. not a great game. But then Jason Quick comes out with some stats and put, you know, helps that out. That currently, Nurkic is, has the best net rating on the Blazers at a plus 7.8. And he is third in we the go. NBA in screen assists with 98, behind only uh, DeMontis Sabonis and Clint Capella. So you have other stats okay. outside of just your normal box score. And it's easy to look at the, the simple box score. Again, this is how many he scored. This is the rebounds he got. And go, okay, how come he wasn't more productive? But then you start to look at a couple other little things. And you're seeing that, that Nurkic is actually being very productive right now. Nice. He's just not filling up you know, the points like you're expecting like he's not scoring 20 or 15 every single night but he's doing a lot of little things as he continues to round in the form which is great and another thing we talked about on spaces with robert covington right everyone looks at robert covington and says he has had an awful start to the year and i i almost think he's had and he's had a, a slightly below average robert covington type start to the year <laughs> and what That's i mean okay, by yeah. that what I mean by that, Keith, is if Dame, CJ, and Nurk all got off to, to great starts to the season, nobody's bad an eye at Robert Covington. But when Dame is having a bad start and CJ has a bad start and Nurk is playing up and down, mm. you start to look for the next guy up. Who's going to fill in, right? And then you're like, well, how come Robert Covington isn't playing as good? And I think Robert Covington has actually been playing his role pretty well. It's just that the other people weren't and so it just put more spotlight on him right because now that the other guys are are have turned the corner robert covington's looking really good he's hitting yeah, his okay. shots he's getting out in defense and the last couple games his defense in the paint where he's starting to get blocks again like he's having three four blocks a game so he's rounding into form because i think everyone else is like i think his game is a little more like short way of saying it all i think his game in particular is a little more dependent on other people's games being in form for his to be at its best as well but the whole point is keith just all those little things everything's rounding in their shape i think they're getting more comfortable with the new offensive sets that billups has put in and i definitely think they're getting more comfortable with new defensive philosophies that, that have been put in and like i said on spaces when you when you talk about the new defensive schemes or breaking old habits like that's not an indictment on stats stats was great stats the, the 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 stats play out right in front of you that stats was one of the best coaches the blazers ever had but you look at dame who's never had another head coach in his career that's mm almost a decade's worth of listening to one voice and learning how to react and do things one specific way. So when you get a new coach to come in and say, okay, actually we're not going to react to pick and rolls this way. We're going to do it slightly different. There's like, there's just some muscle memory in there. You got to break, yeah. man. So I, I think they're starting to do it and they're, they're starting to look good. Uh, could the bottom fall out? Easily, but can they continue <laughs> to climb? Easily, because I, do, I still don't think we know who this team is, Keith. I still don't think Ooh, we know okay. who this team is. Like I've said before, this team has a, a they have they have a high ceiling, but they have a pretty low floor as well. <laughs> Which where are they going to end when Which the way they settles? swing? <laughs> right now, they're closer to the ceiling. Well, it, I yeah, I, I like what you're I like what you're saying there, man. I, there's there's a lot to like about the team right now. I think things are certainly going well. The schedule coming up for us is kind of favored too. We have, I think, a kind of a of the eight next games, it's four at home, four on the road, with a three-game road trip, and then kind of one more at Golden State. But after that, like seven of our next ten games in December, closing out the month of December, are at home. So how strong we're playing at home could be a nice kind of boost if we can, again, maintain that 500 kind of margin over the next two weeks with home and road scheduling. Speaking of that road trip starting, 
We've got the game against Sacramento starting tonight in Sacramento. Hello listeners, Keith here just jumping in to say, I'm going to admit we made some uh, inaccurate predictions about how that game against Sacramento would go. We thought it would be a fairly easy game and easy warm-up for the rest of a difficult road trip against tough Western opponents. We assumed they'd be a bit of a dumpster fire after getting rid of their head coach, Luke Walton, and having squandered some of their last couple draft picks. But as we've seen time before, the Blazers can often play down to their opponent's level. So I'm just going to skip ahead and save you the anguish of listening to our bad takes as well as save us some face from making what we thought were obvious observations that proved to be very inaccurate. On to the next game. That's Sacramento Kings. And after all the things I just said, if Portland goes out and loses this game, I'm going to be really disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. See, that was the curse last time. I think, uh, uh, not last episode, but the week before, we were talking about a game uh, that was going on that evening. And then by the time I put the podcast out, I just had to put in all these buzzers for all the game, uh, all the things that we got wrong or all the kind of like, oh, it was against the Cavaliers when we played the Cavs on the road. Are like, oh yeah, they they'll get this game. They gotta get this, and we end up with an offer on that road trip. So that was a, uh, you know, hopefully we're not cursing them again. But thank you, you put in the 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 knock on wood there, the audible knock on wood. So I'm I'm good with it. On to Golden State, and uh, this should probably drop right before that game happens. So nice little nice little warm up, nice little taste. Do we want to talk about Golden State since that will probably be the game? Let's do that it. People are uh, preparing for as we, as we as they listen to this pod. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Without fawning over Steph too much, Chris, <laughs> how are you feeling? I know this is the best team in the league right now. I know they're uh, playing amazingly. I know Steph is on fire. They don't even have Clay back yet. Uh, what do you think the Blazers' chances are on this roadie of getting more than just the wins in Sacramento? Chances of getting more than just the wins in Sacramento? High, because I think they're probably going to go in and... and beat the jazz i think the jazz are beatable <laughs> on that team chances I couldn't of get you to say the golden state warriors if <laughs> if if uh they're not sitting anyone for resting purposes low golden states they're good they're good i've been telling you they're gonna be good for a while you want to sit here and keep running out running your mouth with like not nonsense <laughs> oh it was an easy schedule and this and that and schedule. they had more home games and road games and blah That's blah true. blah 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 Those blah blah true yeah statements. dude sacramento's had home games too and they suck so don't give me this whole home game road game nonsense the warriors have gone out there and sat curry and won games they are jordan Poole is playing absolutely phenomenal they are getting huge huge minutes out of former trailblazer for a preseason gary payton uh junior like <laughs> it's just oh man they're good they're so good yeah, and the fact no, that clay thompson's gonna come back soon he's been cleared and he's he's playing full contact practices now like he could probably good. be back in that lineup by mid-december if not maybe even sooner but likely mid-december and they all they need is clay thompson at 50 percent, and boom this team even go like Oh, I'm just going to have the arguably perhaps the second greatest shooter of all time next to his teammate. I'm just going to have him sit there at the three-point line, never have to dribble, never have to move. And then once he gets open, I'm going to sh- throw, throw the ball to a, probably the best catch-and-shoot guard the league's ever seen. Yeah. It, eh. Also, yeah. as we know as a Blazer fan, traveling down to the Bay over the last eight years has not been the greatest of experiences. Yeah. Um, no, I'm a warrior fan. And look at that. I did all that without totally pining over Steph Curry. For some that reason, was amazing. You, th- you think I'm stupid because I <laughs> love like I love watching the best guard in the NBA. We're talking I about never this said on that. T- what what makes it debatable is the fact that Dame is special though. Like Dame this okay, like that don't this does not mean Dame is not special. Like right, I said, yeah. Dame Dame is in a category all his own as well, but I I Steph is even higher. Because Dame is in the is in the rare category. There there are honest to God. In, in my eight years covering the league in person, being in every single Blazer game, home and home and away, there are very, very few players that I've ever seen who have the talent to just absolutely take over a game single handedly and change the course of the game. That's guys like Kobe, LeBron. I've watched Giannis do it. I've watched Steph do it. And I've watched Dame do it. Like anyone else, like I've seen guys get hot, but I've I've very rarely seen guys so talented that they can single-handedly unstoppable take a game over like that. Brandon Roy, a little bit of a throwback. I'm not talking. I'm I'm, as I just said. As I just said, 
guys that I watched in person while covering the NBA. I never. Watched I, I just Bro- figured you might have. I never Roy. watched Brandon Roy in person while covering the NBA. The guys that I've seen in person do it, and I, I only saw I only saw Brandon and Roy in person just a few times. I went to one Blazer game a year for the longest time from like high school on. Just like that was the one like I get out I could get out to one a year, and I kid you not. For the, for some weird reason, Keith, every single and it wasn't planned. It was like, oh sweet, I'm I'm free this week. I can go. For for some weird reason, every game I went to was a Blazer Clipper game. Like I remember watching like Chris <laughs> Chris Kamen when he had those his his nice. surfer hair when he was a member of the Clippers. Oh wow. Anyway, that's, that's <laughs> neither Chris here Kamen. nor there. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, we talked a little about uh, last night's spaces uh, already, but let's just touch on this a little more. one thing we talked about again this was going into the game against Denver I did not realize that we were actually favored against Denver and then the news about Jokic not playing came out Uh, I got all nervous that this was going to be a trap game it was not a trap obviously that worked out quite well for this 119 to 100 win we'll say it again it was beautiful Uh, but the the, the bigger conversation I think last night on Spaces was our next round to pick a player after last week with Gary uh, versus Norm being the debate, just because we were, uh, it was right in time for that Raptors game, this week we were going over the Young Guns. Chris, I think you were actually the one that posted this initially or chose this to kind of be the, the pick, even though I was trying to guide it elsewhere. You're just bullying your way in there. See, got another one in. Uh, but you went with uh, Ant versus Nas, and I think people really got into this. I was a little surprised. Tell me if you disagree, but I was surprised the number of people that were clearly in Nas's camp. I, I I think it was fairly even at first, but towards the end, I feel like it was kind of skewed uh, towards Nasir Little's direction. I would have thought that Anthony Simons is like kind of the darling of Rip City still. Well, what boat are you on? Are we, tell tell the world before you try to throw it to me. Oh, oh. I got my take and I'm ready. What boat were you on, Keith? Oh, I'm definitely in Nasir Little's camp. My, I think yeah. he, uh, I, I, and I, that's what I'm saying. I think he won the night when we were talking on Spaces last night. I think he, uh, he had the upper hand. <laughs> yeah, I as well took Nasir Little. And remember, people, this is, this is, to be clear, to be clear, this, the intro to this segment of the show, Keith. The, the, who would you rather have? Which who you picking? This does not mean we're wanting to trade one because the right answer is uh, <laughs> I want both. <laughs> yeah, keep your young guys. Keep we young are guys we are creating them. we are creating uh, conversation and debate for the sake of conversation and debate because you know what? It's fun to debate these things. <laughs> now, for me, as I said, I took the Sear Little because uh, I think he's talented offensively, but I think what he really brings is that size and athleticism on the defensive side of the ball and getting that in a in a guy who can play both the three and the four, which is something that Portland has sorely missed for a very long time. Like we have picked on picked on them because we wanted improvements over them when they were here, but like they haven't really had a solid like three and D type wing since Mo Harkless yeah. and Al Farouk Aminu kind of played those two yeah. positions. Um, and before that, like, obviously they had, they had Wes Matthews at the two, but they haven't had a real like three and D forward as, as much as, you know, Harkless tried to fill that role since Nicholas Batum, they haven't had like a guy yep. they can just rely on to go be that guy. Nasir Little's coming in. He, again, he can play a small forward. He can play power forward. He's giving you, I'm giving you on both sides of the ball and you love that. That's exactly what Portland needs. And I still think his, his ceiling's very, very high. He can only, he can only continue to get better, especially when you compare, compare his shot form, like his, his shot form from rookie year to now so much better. Like he's to put a ton of work in there. And the reason I take him over ant is not no disrespect to ants game, but it's the same argument that I've had. Why I think uh, CJ McCollum's trade value is actually lower than people think. And that's just because shooting guards in the league right now are, they're like a dime a dozen, right? Like the, the, the position right. is stacked. There's so many guards that you can get and put into those positions and they're going to go off and, and have, have themselves a night. Like, yeah, Ant can score, but there are a lot of guards that you can put in his position or be your starting two in the future who are going to go score. You know, case in, case in point, Keith, I mean, when he's playing 35 minutes a night, but Gary Trent Jr., he's averaging 17 points a night right now. Like, right, right. He's, He's good. Like, he's good. And there's no one making the argument that Gary Trent Jr. is, like, a top shooting guard in the NBA. But given started minutes and given that role, he's out there scoring almost 20 points a night. So that's the, the 
and again, that's not an indictment on him at all. I lo- I loved Gary Trent Jr. <laughs> but the thing is, the the shooting guard position, man. I don't think you can solely look at it as this guy has some you know playmaking ability and can score a ton of points because that's every single guard in the NBA right now. I mean, Jordan Poole's come out of nowhere to score twenty points a night for the Warriors. Right. Like it's 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 just it's just what it is right now. I think what you have to look at and what is making the difference on teams is between Ant and Nasir, which one of them has more upside on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's Nasir Little. And that's why I lean Nasir Little. And like we said in the spaces, anyone who wants to comment on this uh, on Twitter after they listen or join us on the Discord because we're starting to get some people in there and get some really good conversations going, there is no wrong answer to this question because we want to keep them both. So, Yeah. And, you know, just let me mention one other factor of this too. Nasir Little, I know if we are actually getting into numbers and, and, you know, kind of the books of it, Nasir's got one more year on his contract. So as far as if there was one one piece or another, if, like, like we're saying, hopefully you can keep both, but if one of them had to be included in a deal, Anthony's maybe a little more desirable for another team because it gives them a little more flexibility uh, as, as far as, like, being able to, like, start the new contract. Nasir, I think, is just, you holding on to him just gives us more, man. And like you said, it's just something that Ripsy hasn't had in a while. I love watching him play. Not that I don't love watching Ant. But I love watching Nasir play. We got lots of guards that I enjoy, but I love watching Nasir play, man. Those those dunks, those, and how stoked, how fired up he gets when he makes a play. Uh, you you can't beat it, man. It's wonderful. Um, and like you said, Chris, if anyone wants to share their opinions on this, hey! always write us on Twitter at Trailcasters. You can write us at Trailcasters at gmail.com as well. You can send all of your hate mail about not choosing Simons and t- taking Nas instead. You can send all that to uh, at Chris Jaber, no, at Chris J. Burkhart. There we go. And uh, please join us on Discord more than any of that. We will include the link in the episode description. Because on Discord, you can post the questions that you want us to talk about on the pod, such as Fawad from over at the Unbiased Blazers podcast with our first listener question of the day. Actually, you had two. Uh, question number one from Fawad. And shout out to him and the Unbiased Blazers podcast. It's a, it's a good listen. If you when, you when you finish up our pod, go and check out the Unbiased Blazers podcast. Fawad asks, thoughts on the defense? Chris, we've kind of touched on this already as far as the schemes are starting to click. Things are coming together. My real hope is that this transfers to the road, especially today as, as they were playing the Kings uh, probably after – as they're playing the Kings after we record this but before the pod's going to come out. I just hope we see good stuff in Sacramento. It might be a little tougher on Friday against the Warriors. Uh, their their offense is just top-notch, so that's the other side of it. If we don't see the defense continue against uh, the Warriors and the Jazz on the road, don't panic. People need to not freak out that we're not beating some of the toughest teams in the league on the road when we've already performed pretty horribly on the road. Uh, so, yeah, big thing we'll be seeing defense work against Sacramento tonight. What are your thoughts on the defense? Uh, defense is in- interesting to me because they are uh, they're better. They are showing – what is going on? I'm getting, I'm getting bombarded. <laughs> you got a visitor. Yeah, yeah. The the defense is getting better, uh, but they still are not as good as they need to be. They are currently twenty fifth in the league in defensive rating. So I mean, that's kind of where they were with Coach Stotts. So yeah. that definitely needs to improve. And you talk about the games coming up this year or uh, on this road trip. That Golden State one is the scary one, Keith, because. That is the number two team in the league by offensive rating. So that's going to stress the Blazers' defense. Yeah. <laughs> that is also the number one team in defensive rating. Oof. So that they are facing a top two offense and the number one defense. So they're going to have to work on both sides of the ball. With Utah Jazz, the Utah Jazz currently have the n- number one offensive rating in the league oh. <laughs> so the blazers will definitely be tested there but uh, it is a little bit disheartening honestly to see portland's defensive rating right kind of where it was last year with stats when you say oh the reason you got rid of him is because you need to bring some new defensive philosophies in here well yeah but, but again i no I, oh go ahead go ahead like you're about to say we're starting to see the changes. We're starting to see 
the team click with the different sets right. and the different philosophies on defense. And that's why we've seen the last few games that defense really step up and make those stops that it needs to make. Yeah, remember, defensive rating is an accumulation of everything. So for the Warriors to be number one, they've pretty much been the best defense since the jump, right? Right, right. Blazers really struggled out of the gate. So you're going to be buoyed, right? I think they're getting better. I think when it settles, I think they'll probably be top 20 by the time the season's done. And you know what? If they end the season somewhere around 17, 18, I think that's a win. I think because, oh, definitely. I mean, that's, that's a huge jump from where they were last year, and they show signs of promise. But they're going to be tested on this road trip yeah. big time. So just like you said, don't be upset when the defense looks bad against either of those two, those two teams. Look for the little victories because when they start to get those little stops or two, three possessions in a row where they get stops, and you, that, that's the things that they, they can really, really build on. And then don't be surprised if the defense can make those stops to win a game because they've shown that they can. It's just a matter of doing it all consistently, right? So... Yeah, defense is going to be tested. I, yeah. I need to find a way to give you three-word answers because that's like <laughs> the, long the story short. The show. The, this is yeah. Long story short, this is going to be a, a road trip all about the defense. We get our our warm-up match against Sacramento, then we get the real stress test against the uh, against the Warriors with the I believe you said number two offense and number one defense. Then we get. After the stress test, we get kind of the, okay, can you pull it together and have it not be broken and perform well against the number one offense with the top 10 defense. Uh, also, as far as what you said, our overall uh, defensive rating was 25th. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I was looking at it earlier. We were talking about the difference between our home and road uh, performances defensively. Our home defensive ranking, I think, was something right around the middle, like 15th or 16th in there. Uh, and so again, that's because that's because you're the sixth man, and the Moda Center is our. Oh, it's the Rose Garden, is what I yell <laughs> each time. But our house. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's it. So this really is the test. If we can see the defense travel, now that we've seen it coming together at home, if we can see it travel on the road well, even if we don't win all the games, that is a really good sign for again being about nearing that 20 game uh, point of the season, right? So we, we still got plenty left to go, but I think we're seeing a lot of good stuff. Okay, on to the second part of Fawad's uh, listener questions. What seed do you think we'll finish in? So we're talking about the top teams with the Warriors and, and Jazz offensively and defensively. We're talking about Blazers starting to put it together. Let's look all the way ahead. 62 or 60, I think four or so more games down into the season. Where do you see the Blazers finishing, Chris? What's your uh, What's your window? My gut still tells me that, that that I think they're probably about a six, seven seed, maybe five. Um, if things really get going, maybe, maybe, maybe four. But that's there we real. Go. That's where the low odds are. I think they're about the fifth, a, a fifth seed in the West. Um, I definitely had them kind of preseason, like that that bottom half. I thought the, the top half was going to be stacked, but I think uh, I think like a lot of people, I didn't expect them to be the best team, but I expected the Lakers to at least look better than they have. <laughs> um, uh, and I knew Golden State was going to be better, but I thought Golden State was going to be more in contention uh, with mm, yeah. the Blazers kind of being that that like six, working their seven way up. area. Yeah. But if you look at the way that the standings are um, right now, Keith, as they stand, that's right where the Blazers are. They're in sixth in the West. Um, and Port, or, uh, Phoenix, Golden State, 1-2. Uh, I don't know if that changes because, A, Golden State built themselves a very nice cushion by starting the year 15-2. and two. They're playing great basketball. And secondly, I actually think as good as the Warriors are playing, I think the Phoenix Suns are playing better basketball Oof, than the Warriors. Yeah, the Suns have looked really they good look in the really last good. few weeks. As they've, I mean, they're, they're they've won 13 in a row for goodness sakes, and really started to turn the corner there. Utah at three, I think that's kind of right where they finish, three four. Um, and then Dallas is the anomaly. I don't think anyone expected yeah, Dallas to be I'm up with there. But I do think that the Clippers will end up passing them and be a top four team. And so that next tier of teams would be Dallas, uh, 
and Portland, and I think Denver obviously writes the ship. They don't have Murray. Jokic is out with injuries. No Michael Porter Jr. I, I, they're a good basketball team, though. They're just kind of decimated by the injury bug. Yeah. I think the, I, I think that next tier, though, like the next three-tier team that will be vying for the position is uh, Dallas, Portland, and Denver, with maybe a sprinkle of the Lakers in there. but Because the Lakers should still be a playoff team. I just don't know where they're going to land. And then the rest. So long story short, succeed is where I think they are. So, so yeah, so right now, as we record this today, the Blazes are sitting sixth, uh, 10 and eight, uh, Warriors 15 and two, like you mentioned, Suns 14 and three, Jazz 11 and six. So that's about where it starts to fall off. I think I'm about with you in the same spot. I put Blazers probably about fifth or sixth seed. I think fifth feels pretty comfortable. Sixth is just a matter of if things kind of don't shake, at the, shake out at the end of the season or if a few matchups don't go our way. Uh, and like you said, the Dallas is the weird, uh, the standout right now. I, I feel like they'll probably fall off. But if we are talking about kind of that whole shakeup from fourth down to six and then, you know, seven and eighth, seven through 10 kind of be in that next bracket. I think my biggest difference with you is the way you worded it. Uh, you got the Clippers kind of as the four and then Blazers, Dallas, uh, et cetera, get down there kind of in the next group. I would put Blazers and Clippers probably in that four or five group together and then Dallas Grizzlies, Nuggets, Lakers down below that. I don't know if I can though. I mean, that's you, you, fair. You, that's your opinion. I just don't know if yeah. I can. I don't. I don't think that. I like. I. I, that's I just think my opinion, man. <laughs> that's just like your opinion. My opinion. Man. God, that. It, it, one of the rare movies. If you're flipping channels and it's on, you're sitting down and watching it. Oh, it just any any point of that movie, any point of that movie that you put it on, it is entertaining. There, like yeah. any point and also we just I think we just dated ourselves by saying if you're, <laughs> if, you're fli- if you're flipping through the channels and it's on you stop because who the heck flips through channels it's more Using like it's more like if you're perusing the Netflix library and it happens to be there you're watching it which is definitely what I have the, the dude abides um, but no I think the, I think I think the Clippers I think the Clippers are yeah they're I think they're a tier above the Blazers even though they're sca- they're even though their record is the same I think they're they're a team that fewer teams want to see in the playoffs especially if there's any chance that Kawhi gets back by the end of the the year run that's definitely going to change their trajectory and Paul George is playing outside of his mind this year he's having a great year um yeah I I think they're above Portland but I think there's definitely a case to be made that's 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 what I think is interesting about that second tier because I think like the, the the top three teams that I stated that you stated as well that I think a lot of uh, teams would or uh, excuse me a lot of fans would probably warrior sons jazz yeah i think yeah. that is like that's that's tier one that's tier one and I, yeah and i don't like i don't see anyone jumping into that and then i would argue that the the like the clippers are right there right on the cusp of tier one but yeah probably the best team in tier two and yeah i think you could probably throw dallas and portland in there so yeah i'll agree with you that i think that, that i would put i would put yeah see you're, you're swaying me you're <laughs> there, we go. You're there we go there we go see so, it's yeah. my turn this time <laughs> so yeah i would agree then with you that that if we're tearing it out that the laker or the clippers and blazers are in the same tier but then if we had to put a hierarchy within that tier i think the clippers are higher than the blazers in the tier so, but blazers probably ahead of dallas ahead of mavericks you think you still I, think to, I think to say Dallas is bad. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that you're saying that. I just think people are sleeping on him because oh okay. Uh, Tim okay. Tim Hardaway Jr. is 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 found his groove ever since he got the Dallas. He's playing well even though he's overpaid forever. Christos Porzingis overpaid too, but that's neither here nor there. Who cares about salaries? He's finding his comfort level with he's them. Fine. Yeah, he's uh, out a little bit. Luka Doncic is one of the best players in the entire NBA and another key part to their success that I feel bad for because I believe it was a few weeks ago I dogged him I was when when I said that Dallas isn't going to sustain this run they're not that good hello they're getting good production out of Jalen Brunson which is weird (laughs) I said that and I'm eating my words because you know here we are two two weeks three weeks later after I said that and they are still one of the top teams in in the west and Jalen Brunson is playing very well. Like, he's playing very well this year. The more I watch Dallas games, which I've done a lot more since I said, had that unfounded remark about Jalen Brunson, the more <laughs> I watch them play, the more that I believe that they can they can sustain this and still be that in that four, five, six range in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, that's why I have a hard time easily putting the Blazers above that. If you want to debate it, though, I'm all for it. 
We, we can get more into that debate maybe as the season goes forward when we get a little more a little bit more of a sample size here i do want to point out we were talking earlier about the difference between blazers home and road as i'm looking at these stats blazers nine and one at home one and seven on the road the only other team that is nine and one at home would be the golden state warriors so we are playing that well at home it's just the difference that the warriors are six and one on the road uh and we've played two more games than them but won five less so that's uh you know again we'll see how that goes for this this uh this this road trip right now let me ask one more question on the the rankings here then we'll move on to our next listener question uh but Fawad shout out to you thank you for kind of getting us going on this the early kind of predictions for the the playoff brackets I guess where we're seeing everyone fall out the tier below us if we're saying Mavericks Clippers Blazers and kind of that tier two in the west the next three seeds the seven eight unless well, we say four seeds for the way the the playing tournament works seven through ten you got Grizzlies Nuggets Lakers Wolves you could almost just say three because I don't think the Wolves are going anywhere above 10. Uh, but the Lakers, Nuggets, Grizzlies, of those three, if one of them was to advance and kind of move up to our tier, who's it going to be? I'm not putting faith in, in the in the Lakers. I think it's, no, it's, Mem it's, it's Memphis and then Denver if they get healthy. If Denver, if, if, if Jokic comes back and he's fine and they continue to build, they're, they're, in, they're in the next tier without a doubt. Um, mm. but they even took a bigger hit because losing, losing yeah. PJ Dozier, Dozier takes a, takes a hit to their depth. Like it's, he's not a, a world beater, but it takes a giant hit to their depth. That's already depleted. And oh, then yeah, obviously totally. the, 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 the conversation or rumor, whatever it is that, that, uh, uh, Michael Porter jr. Out with some like nerve damage nerve issues, back yeah. and may have to have surgery. And if he has surgery, mm. he's done for the year. And if they lose him, that's a, yeah. I mean, that's a huge, huge hit to them because outside of Jokic, he's, he's been probably their second most important player. Um, ever since, I mean, Murray, we all know how good Jamal Murray is. He's just, he's not coming back anytime soon, like perhaps by the end of the year. But yeah, that's the, that's the tough part with the nuggets, man, that I feel for him because they aren't, they aren't an eight seed in the West. Fully healthy, that's a top team in the Western Conference, and there's right. no doubt about it that they're a top team in the Western Conference. Um, so, yeah, they come in there. If Jokic kind of gets back into MVP form and they find some bodies to fill in. Um, but, yeah, the easy one that could jump into that tier at any moment is Memphis. I agree. I think Memphis is the key for it. Uh, Nuggets, I, I just I don't know if the health – I think some of those health issues are too big – to think it's just going to disappear. I think this could be something that really kind of hurts their their run in the season. Hopefully not. We'll see how it goes from Lakers. Yeah, man, I'm I'm enjoying the circus that has been the Lakers so far this season. Some of the ridiculous games. Uh, we mentioned earlier the LeBron versus Isaiah Stewart thing. Then the Lakers go into Madison Square Garden and uh, lose to the Knicks. Uh, that was just you know fun to watch. I think the Knicks were doubling their score for or early on in the game, like when it was like thirty to twelve or thirty to fifteen, something like that. Yeah. But listeners, if you are Watching other teams outside the Blazers, uh, the ones that are relevant right now, as we're saying, Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies. Keep an eye on them. And when I say keep an eye on them, uh, you can translate that to make those your, the targets of your voodoo dolls, uh, all of your curses, your hexes. We want to target Mavericks, Clippers, Grizzlies. Uh, just you know, to keep ourselves in, the, in that second tier, maybe pushing those top four seats. Okay, the next listener question. Actually, a question for me. Chris, do you believe in voodoo? <laughs> uh we'll take when, that as a no when, when, when you put when you put bacon on a donut <laughs> that's a good answer too okay that no, was my no fun, no no sit down <laughs> story time story time once upon a time the trailblazers played the mighty New Orleans Pelicans in the first rounds of, play of the playoffs. We were down there. We were in New Orleans. There was definitely some bad juju going on. It's the home of voodoo. So we said, what better way to help the Blazers than to go to a voodoo shop and find something that we could buy to break <gasps> whatever curse was on the Blazers? We walked in to that place. There's me and a couple other people who I won't name because I don't know how, how much they fear the voodoo gods that we may or may not have offended. Oh my God, did you get into some dark magic here? But we walked into the voodoo place and we wanted to film a video 
for the company we worked for at the time, which many of you know. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> we wanted to film a video, but there were signs everywhere that said, recording is not allowed. Ignoring the warnings. <laughs> members of our group pulled out their camera phone and proceeded to record inside the voodoo shop. To which point security asked him to put his camera down and tap the sign, just like the bus driver in the episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> Lisa tries to talk and he taps the sign. Don't talk to the bus driver. No Me, stairway. on the other hand, we or we left. We left. He's like, we need to we need to do this. We need, we need to rehatch a plan. So I went down on the street to a restaurant. I asked if they had any napkins. And they did. And I took a pile of napkins and I put them into my back pocket. Then I put my camera on record. And I put my camera into my camera phone, into my back pocket, <laughs> with the camera facing out. Then we went back to the voodoo shop. I very inconspicuously walked around just randomly pointing my ass at things. <laughs> it probably looks really weird, but that's because the camera was filming all the footage. Another member of our group decided that, you know what? Screw that warning sign and pulled the camera out in plain daylight. The security guard caught this and said, hey, I told you already. Don't film in the store. You're not allowed to. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A couple seconds passed. Hey, it's your last warning. Don't film in the store. He kept filming. <laughs> Finally, while we were filming and the third member of our party was buying the voodoo magic kit to try to hex out whatever was cursing the blazers. We got our third warning and we left. We were kicked out. I wasn't kicked out because you know what? I wasn't ever caught. But, my, oh. but, but the leader of our group was caught. So solidarity, I left. So you went with, okay, okay, fair enough. But this is all a long way of saying, do you believe in voodoo? Because before I left, I said, you know what? I have to buy something from this store. Just to because feel, yeah. if I buy something, it will make it right with the voodoo gods. And I was never okay. told, not, I was never told I was breaking a rule. Oh. Members of my party was. I never, I wasn't in trouble. So I you're like paying a tribute by, yeah. So okay. I bought a like $10 bag of mojo. That's all it okay. was, was okay. mojo, which was all sorts of, you know, incense and nonsense within this very nice, like little velvet bag, but it was probably five cents worth of stuff, including maybe some rocks and leaves that they had picked up off of Bourbon Street that morning <laughs> and put into the bag and charged me $10 for it. But I bought it as a good faith gesture to the voodoo gods. And we all know when that playoff series was, and I still have my bag of mojo from New Orleans <laughs> as my good faith gesture. That's And we sacrificed to the gods. We burned a candle and did what we were supposed to do. And the Blazers got swept. The Blazers got swept. Yeah, that was... A so, in a way, you can probably blame the leader of my party who coerced us into going <sighs> into that voodoo shop and did not attempt to make right with the voodoo gods. I did. They I screwed us, man. I bought, my, bought my bag of mojo. The third person in our party, party in our party, our third person in our party bought their sacrificial uh, uh, souvenir. That's what it is. I, I'm going to buy a souvenir. It's a tribute. Sacrifice here <laughs> if you want to, yeah. But the leader of our party did not. So mm. the leader of our party shall be blamed for that. So yes. I mean, yeah, man. Wow, if you yeah. include the story in the podcast, great. If not, you just heard a great story. Well, as we get back on topic here, voodoo is nothing you mess around with. So at that point <laughs> in time, I wasn't worried about the other members of my party, and I wasn't worried about the Portland Trailblazers. I was worried about me. You just didn't want to get cursed yourself. Okay, hey, that's why yeah. I bought my astrological sign. Got to got to look out for self-preservation. This has been a wonderful story time with Papa Chris. I'm going to have some specific theme music just for that. We're going with that one, man. Uh, but yes, we do have... Can we, uh, can, we, can we buy the rights to use the Unsolved Mysteries theme? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find like some X-Files knockoff music. Like, <laughs> I can't even whistle. I'm just laughing too much. Uh, but we do have one other listener question. We want to get beyond the Keith questions about do you believe in voodoo? Uh, another listener question from our former co-worker, Dylan McKinnon. Shout out, man. Shout out to him. Thank you for writing in. Dylan asks, Chris, who is the worst player 
that you would trade Yusuf Nurkic for? Now that is getting a little complicated. Uh, oh, you know That's what? That's a deep Actually, question. Basically, what he's saying is, what is your what is your floor? Like, what's the what's your minimum return on investment for Nurk? And I think after what's happened already in this early NBA season, I think I'm willing I'm willing to to maybe part with him. You might have to throw some other things in there, but my floor is is uh, Nikola Jokic's brother. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, that would that like I don't think I don't think he's letting anyone score at the rim. Like he's just he would murder someone before he lets someone uh, dunk on him. Uh, yeah, that, that's defense, man. That's defense right there. That's what this team is looking for is a center who is just gonna block all shots, all bodies. Probably use some weapons. Uh, uh, maybe commit some some crimes. But yeah, that's that's the guy you go to. Spy the, the new Spider-Man movie coming out in December and the MCU is going to be introduced to the multiverse. And part of me wishes that there's an NBA multiverse somewhere where Isaiah Stewart wasn't charging LeBron. He was charging Nikola Jokic. And we have stories <laughs> abound about Nikola Jokic's brother creating a Twitter account to go at Isaiah Stewart. And Isaiah Stewart's running around the, the, the bowels of the arena to get to the other locker room. But Nikola Jokic's brother is there waiting for him. And Oh, yes, oh the God. intertwining of, of NBA sports stories in the NBA MCU. Combine the two fisticuffs together. We had earlier, we had Jokic versus Morris in a previous week. Now we have LeBron versus Isaiah Stewart. So you could get this whole thing into uh, Jokic, the, the Jokic brothers uh, on one side, the Morris brothers on the other. You throw Isaiah Stewart in with the Morai to give them a little more size. You throw LeBron in with the Jokic side to give them kind of a, a strategist behind all their uh, uh, Eastern European muscle. Uh, man, that's... I don't know. I, I feel like the, yeah, the LeBron plus all that all that uh, brute force strength and, and murderous rage. That's that's a dangerous combo. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Worst player you would trade Yusuf Nurkic for? I I don't I don't really I don't even. I get what he's it, getting at, but that takes it takes more time. I'd have to look at rosters and trades and kind of see what the floor is. It would take a lot. Like it would the worst I, player I would trade. The worst player, and he's not even that bad, but like, a, like an equivalent to like a Terrence Mann, right? So someone who can play small forward, play both sides of the ball, can make shots, play good defense, but it would require him and other assets, and it would have to be in a situation where Nurk has completely plummeted. Like right. if Nurk is completely, completely just the bed and is not playing up <laughs> to his potential. Hey, I wanted to keep this thing kid-friendly, okay? I'm um, still going to censor it and make it sound like you swore. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but no, if, if Nurk has just completely slid off production-wise and is nowhere near where Portland needs him to be and he's disgruntled and requested a trade, blah, blah, then like a Terrence Mann type. Like Terrence Mann is like nine points, five rebounds or something like that a game, but he plays a, a position that can help the Blazers. Um, I, know, and then in that situation, you could play Larry Nance or Cody Zeller more, whatever you need to do. But that would be like my ultimate floor. And that would have to be like a very, you know, tough situation. I mean, like Terrence Mann's good, but like Terrence Mann is like nine and a half points, four rebounds, you know, gets the assists. He's a decent player with a lot of upside, but like, yeah. that's the type of player I would kind of think someone young, a lot of upside can play, uh, can play on the wing for you but I just don't see it happening because I am still a firm believer that Nurk is the third wheel on this team in a good way. Not like the bad third wheel. Like he is the third cog of the offense right? and they need him to be good to be good. So the third, the third post of our tripod here. No, I'm with you. There and you that, that actually brings in a shout out to Terry from Canada. One of, one of our other uh, new friends who joined us on the Twitter spaces last night and is now over in the discord as well. She was asking, you guys want to trade Nurk? And no, the answer is definitely no. No one is wanting to trade Nurk. Certainly not in the same way that we've talked about wanting to trade one of the guards, possibly CJ or possibly others. The The real thing at this point is, like we're kind of saying here, the reason this question is complicated is because so much of this comes down to how we're building the roster around it. If we, we've, we've seen a lot from Larry Nance Jr. looking like he plays more of a small ball five than a four. So yes, that maybe makes it, if you had Larry Nance and Zeller or some other center in there, maybe Nurk could be a trade piece. But that doesn't mean that we're trying to build a package around him. I still think the big thing is going to be wanting to make a trade package centered around 
thinning up our guard rotation. So it's it's yeah. less about do who would I who would I trade Nurkic for. It's more about who can we get with a a Pakistan or one of our guards, and does it need to include Nurkic or Roko or something like that? Yeah, and I mean it's and at that point, at that point, I think the one that has the most trade value is Ant. Like, mm. You've seen, like, we had the debate, who would you rather have, Ant or Nasir? And for Portland, I think the answer is Nasir just because of the role he fills. Right. But then I think when it comes to trade value, I think Ant, I think you could, I think you could almost argue that you could get more out of Ant than you can get out of CJ McCollum because of yeah, the, the, the because of the, sal- the salary attached to them, the age difference, and like you just said, the upside. Uh, and so would you be willing to part with Ant and pieces to upgrade the wing and maybe get another shoot uh, another shooting guard in, in return but it's not one who's commanding a ton of minutes or you don't even need one in return because you have you actually have that guy just in case and that's Ben Mclemore like if you mm. were to get rid of if you were to get rid of Manfredi in a trade to again shore up the rotation at the three and the four yeah that that opens up the door for Ben Mclemore to get minutes and Dennis Smith Jr. to get more minutes so you have some roster construction there but I think you could definitely easily argue that Ant has more trade value than CJ and I think it all comes down to upside plus cash to really put a bow on it it's going to be about a trade target for us we're targeting the Blazers need to target someone who's a wing player or a big and now we have pieces like you said it's not just about trading CJ and that's our only piece with value uh we have CJ Orant, if if the opposing team would want a younger guard. We have uh, Roko and Nurk and Ant all on expirings. Uh, we, ha- we have a number of pieces here where you could, if we were to trade away someone at any of these spots, we have someone like Nas, someone like Larry Nance, someone like Norm, and uh, and even, you know, Snell and Ben McElmore, like you said, we have people that can kind of slot into starting or bench roles, depending again on who, who leaves. So it's, it's going to be something to keep an eye on, uh, but... If there is a move, if there is a trade that happens, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. With the stuff going on with Neil O'Shea, uh, I doubt he's looking at making a move right now. Even when he's been here secure in the past, he tends to make those moves more at the deadline. Uh, Chris, I think that's about it, though, as far as what I had this week. We've hit just over an hour, as usual. Uh, well done, sir. I think like that's a pretty natural run time for us. Anything else you want to add in here? Hey! Keith has sent out links. I've sent out links. The Trailcasters Twitter account has sent out links. Get on the Discord. We have a dozen yes. people in there right now, which is really good for the fact that it's only been on for a few days. It's just another great place to talk Blazers. We can talk about anything. We set up all sorts of different channels within Discord. Um, if you're not familiar with Discord, the way it works, you can set you basically can set up different uh, chat rooms, if you will, where people yeah. can comment yeah. and all this. And the best part about it is, unlike Twitter, which we're all really good at using, is you don't have to be on the app to you know see that someone had posted something. Like if, if right. Keith says something at seven o'clock in the morning and I don't have my Twitter app open, I'm not gonna see it when I open my Twitter app at noon. But with Discord, it's all there. It's like basically a giant group text on the app. So you know what? If Keith posts something at seven o'clock in the morning and I open up Discord at noon, I can easily catch up to the conversation, chime in. Uh, and it's just a great way to get some good conversation out there, get some new people involved, and you know you can be on when you want to and when you not when you don't want to. We'll send us some more links later uh, today. We'll send one when this podcast posts, and you'll see it around. But join the Discord and come have some fun. Yeah, and and beyond, honestly, the the other thing besides the chat rooms is we are going to probably start doing some live episodes on there. So again, much like the Unbiased Blazers podcast, they've been doing this on their Discord as well. Please go and join them. Great conversations happen on both Discords. Uh, both Discord channels, I guess I should say, uh, or no, I guess both Discord servers. I'm still getting used to the terminology in in the new social medium. But uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some live episodes on there as well. It should be a lot of fun, so please come and get involved with us. Check out the Discord uh, link in the episode description, as well as come and join our spaces. The next Twitter spaces, where again, we are having live chats with listeners, and the point of Twitter spaces is to let everyone get a chance to talk, uh, everyone get a chance to speak. You can put a hand up for a request when you hear a topic that you like. If you've got something to talk about, something to uh, to vent about, you can grab the mic and just say your piece. Then we can all kind of you know have have equal footing for that, equal floor. It's not just like oh, podcasters have a bigger voice. Every fan can jump in on Twitter Spaces and let us know what you think. Next week's pregame show that we're going to do on Twitter Spaces will be Monday against the Jazz. How does that work for you, Chris? Sure. All right, Monday against the Jazz. So next Monday, November 29th, 6 p.m. 
at at the Vivint Arena. So that means our pregame spaces on Twitter will start at 5 p.m. 5 p.m. on Twitter spaces. Please come and join us there. Come and join us on Discord. We love all of you guys. In closing, our honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhart. Thank you, Odar, for these fat beats. And thank you, listeners, all of you, for a great listening, especially those of you that join us on Spaces and on Discord. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back next week for the next edition of the Trailcasters. And also join our Discord.